You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. everybody welcome to this week's edition of the couch bro tato i'm alex and this week along with all our different news segments the boys well i guess this time a lot more girls were back in town and we have just finished watching that 90s show so we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the episode but uh Chris was telling me about uh, his week uh, with his new work, mm-hmm. and through all that, it also reminded me that uh, I've been getting my girl to rewatch Beavis and Butthead with yeah. me because I got her to watch the first movie. Mm-hmm. And just the other night, she was like, "Oh yeah, didn't you say they had a second movie?" I was like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. did you actually want to watch?" She's like, "Yeah." It's like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> so we played that, and then even this morning, we started rewatching the uh, season. So once I rewatch the season, we'll uh, we'll do a review of the uh the new beavis and butthead season because for a minute i got worried i don't know if it's because i was just air casting my mm-hmm. phone to her tv because i didn't feel like messaging you again to ask mm-hmm. what the hulu password was it was already signed on on my phone i can just cast it to her tv yeah. what the fuck ever but i guess the segments where hbo would put ads it's just black yeah and it plays through the whole way so we're watching it and it just goes to black screen and i'm like what the fuck happened so i'm like pressing fast forward i'm like pausing and i'm about to close out the whole thing and like load it back up and all of a sudden it like clips back to the episode i was like oh fuck they had to cut out some cutaways like the music video bits i'm like oh no and it was the first episode i'm sitting here going the kale dobbs cutaway got removed and i swore it was because of the whole you know um he's grooming him (laughs) but no it's shortly i was like so bummed i was like telling her about the whole skit and everything while i was letting it play out i was like i I don't know how long the black's gonna be here but it was like this that and the other i'm not surprised they may have pulled it maybe he got all pissy and they had to cut it from the show and then later on it shows up so no it's still there so weird shit though if anyone had uh airplay let me know if you tried using hbo and it just winds up Paramount? Paramount. Beavis and Buttons on Paramount. Okay, then yeah, the Paramount app. Either way. Which yeah. that's, why that's why it didn't work, because Paramount app sucks. It really does, but yeah, this, that's at least where Beavis and Butthead is. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of terrible, though, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our news segment, because there was a piece of news that we forgot to bring up last week. Yeah, HBO is removing signature shows. Yeah, so from uh, their app. So HBO is known for creating their own content, like per diem, like forever. They've always made their own shows. Sopranos, HBO original, HBO original. When you see those two words, HBO original, you know it's going to be a good show. Yeah. So they made a, a show called Westworld. Uh, Westworld was written by Michael Crichton, the same guy who wrote Jurassic Park. 
or in every other horror theme park movie because <laughs> he hates theme parks but he made these movies he made these books that became movies the movie westworld had like yule brenner was in the 70s it was really good real big hit um they made one called beyond westworld it was another big hit but then they finally recently made a show it had four seasons five seasons if so and hbo has decided to pull that content from their streaming service so in a grand scheme of things it's a first because no streaming services has ever pulled their original content for example stranger things stranger things has been on netflix forever what if you get in the news next week that netflix has decided not to go forward with stranger things because they sold the ip mm. can you imagine that well why did hbo take so, it off because they used michael crichton's ip for it his intellectual property rights because um, they 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 bought them they bought those rights uh paramount has actually decided to step in because they were part of the movie making process uh to take that away so now it's kind of up in the air on intellectual property rights on hbo originals okay so david chase the guy who made sopranos at any time could say i'm going to sell my property rights when i die Mm -hmm. to let's say disney then disney could say they want hbo to take the sopranos off their streaming service even though hbo made it you still have you know property rights on both sides right so it's kind of like walt disney pulling mickey out you know what i'm saying so <laughs> well that's the thing uh, i was actually listening to a video today one in exactly a year there's uh the original version of mickey mouse is going to be part of the public domain now the interesting thing with that though is before people immediately start going oh shit i get to slap you know mickey mouse on shit you know get to uh, reap in the money for it probably but at the same time it's still more than likely going to get pulled or you're still going to wind up getting trouble for it Mm. because even though it will now become part of the public domain they have a trademark on it and if you notice a lot of the Disney presentations lately, mm. ha- part of their intro isn't the castle anymore. It's Steamboat Willie. No. And so now they're using it as an identifier for mm. their current company. And so if you were to still use a derivative work of that, yeah. you could still probably get in trouble. Disney has been known to skate by the public domain for so fucking long well you can thank sony bono for that yeah but <laughs> that's a true story they've been act, he, they've been actually doing this not only just with mickey but with all the disney princess stuff europe actually cut disney out of their own creations years ago back in the 90s when they tried to trademark cinderella uh and say that you couldn't do a performance of cinderella without disney's approval not realizing that is a european fairy tale along with beauty and the beast phantom of the opera snow white snow white every fucking alice in wonderland yeah well no alice in wonderland is a fictional book written in the 50s so it's still a thing before the yeah but, but but like you know fairy tale you know what i'm saying like mulan like that's like telling china they can't use mulan like you know get get the fuck out of my face (laughs) but like they've been skating about on this 
uh, rules for thee, but not for me mentality when it came to public domain, like Pink Panther, public domain. Betty Boop. Betty Boop. Felix the Cat. All these creations are in the public domain. But what's so special about this goddamn mouse? Nothing. It's just the identifier of Disney. It would always be that. But you got you got to kiss my ass when it comes to like saying like oh no it's there in perpetuity. Well, I think uh, in I think in that same video uh, that guy brought up I think in 2032 and 2035 something like that that Superman and Batman would yeah. be part of the public domain. Yeah, and that's perfectly fine. It should be now. But see the th- well, see I don't necessarily agree with all that. If they they may be part of the public pu- uh, the public domain, but I kind of like what they're able to do with the trademarking behind it all. So because think about if do you, you know make why some- public domains exist, why that why that meeting exists, why it's to prevent people from making money off dead people's creations. Right, that's all it's for. Right, Walt Disney didn't draw half his shit. Right, it was Ubi Works. Yeah. He fucked that dude out of Steamboat Willie. He fucked that dude out of Pluto and all these other characters. That whole public presentation bullshit is all about the people owning the rights until they die to make sure they get paid for what they make. Right. That's it. That's all it's for. And when you tell someone like Bob Crane who made Batman, Kane, Kane, he's dead or in hell. He's dead. There's no reason for him for them to accompany to say all oh, family estate the family estate's different public public domain is meant for against companies not estates estates will always have the right but not if it goes into the public domain there here's where here's where it plays off they get residuals see that's another thing companies do they get residuals we but beavis and butthead sh- probably shouldn't be around <laughs> mike judge will always make money off that he'll yeah. get residuals constantly and constantly now <laughs> but but fox should they say after mike judge's death well now we should get that well no it's still it would be passed down to his daughter that's the family estate i'm talking about should right. a corporation step in on the on the on the rights of an estate no that's what happened to bob kane bob kane had his whole family's estate taken away because they skirted around public domain laws. Walt Disney skirted around public domain laws to get past Uber Iwerks after he died. What what did Batman Bob Kane do? Bob Kane passed away. Yeah. And the rights went to his estate. Right. He had no heirs. So the company came in and took it. A company took it. The government should have stepped in. I think they in. sold it. No. Bob Kane had the rights until he died. But Bob Kane also had a partner. Okay, they could yeah, have Bill gone. Finger. Yeah, why didn't it go to him? Because it, he was never part of the official rating credits. And so that's that's the problem. That's why public domain should exist. So no one should own this one thing after someone dies. An estate can make money off of it through uh, presentations on entertainments like streaming services, cable, shit like that. But can an argument not be made that when those specific laws were created, they were not considering what? large multi-billion dollar conglomerates companies could be so i'm putting myself in the shoes of insert whoever current um president of disney is i think bob Iger is back um put myself in his shoes do i want to lose the rights to mickey mouse the image that's been associated for the company that now i run 
no, I don't. This is our image. This is the logo. This is our thing. Why I would fight to keep that our thing because we're still alive. We're still using it. Our whole basis is on the simplistic three-circle design. This is ours. You, it's it's going to be very hard for me to try to separate it and be like, it's everyone's when for how long has it been associated with the successful company that's had its ebbs and flows? You know, so I, that that part for me is a little bit hard to kind of fully justify. You know, my argument is Disney, as big as it is, will never stop making Mickey Mouse forever. Yeah, I mean, they, they have the trademark on a it. A thousand years from now, it'll be imprinted on the moon like a fucking tramp stamp. Okay, Disney, the giant D itself, will be there. Yeah. Okay. At no point could a punk band put Mickey Mouse on their cover of their album and not get a cease and desist order from Disney? Yes. If you got rid of those protections. But see, at the same time... If, that's, that's I, the, if it's such a carefully cultivated system and organization, it's never, it's never carefully cultivated. That's the thing about law. Law never. Laws, no, no, no. I'm talking about the company. I like, know, but, like the, Disney. The, but the laws themselves. You brought up laws earlier. The laws are never going to keep up with as fast as development. Right. No, no, no. I'm, I wasn't mentioning. But that the company at itself. All. But the companies itself should just like stand back for a second and appreciate how much love they got for their product. Because they're still making the product. Mm-hmm. That's never going to stop. That, that's what I was trying to comment on is if I have such a carefully cultivated company where Mickey has always acted, looked, felt a certain way, if you start loosening the grip on what's allowed to be in the market and all of a sudden, let's say Joe Blow's, you know, garage rock, you know, punk band, you know, recorded a whole bunch of CDRs, put Mickey Mouse on the cover. Well, hot damn, that record sells, you know, all of a sudden it hits the right ears. Now it's gone into market. And now this horrible bastardized image of one of the largest corporations is now part of an album cover. And if it's fully allowed, you're going to all of a sudden receive copycats. Now everyone's going to be trying to create their own fucked up Mickey Mouse for their album covers and t-shirts and stickers and now there's a whole market I'm perfectly of this. fine with that. I know you are. I'm putting myself in the shoes of a CEO. I'm not happy with that. You're tainting our image. You're worked, you're tainting something that we've worked very hard to keep very similar for a very long time. And now it's kind of fucking up. I mean, let's just look at the way Velma's rocking. You mm-hmm. know, it's like that's not getting liked by, you know, current or old fans, any sort of fans. And, and with that, it'll die out. If, it's, yeah. if, it's, if that's true, mm-hmm. if something is virtually hated, it'll die out. And the people yeah. that own the IP won't have to give a shit. Yeah. But you're like with, with Mickey Mouse, the Jesus of the cartoon realm, <laughs> the most recognizable fucking mouse in the world. Yeah, they can't loosen the grip just a little. I'm not saying they can't loosen the grip, and that's, and that's, but, that's, that's, I'm, that's, but I'm at least explaining the other side of why they would want to skirt that public domain law. And here's another problem I have with you know the bigger companies that do it. Someone who like freelances or something like that a company that large could argue someone smaller than them to death over what looks like their product and what doesn't look like their product so if you had made something 
uh, another cre- another song. Let's say you you wrote a song that sounded a little too close to another song. Right. You genuinely wrote that song. You probably never even heard the other song. But uh, got hurt by a certain somebody, and they're like, "Man, that Alex Stiff guy, he uh, he stole that song from Atlantic. Atlantic, being the largest corporation at its time, could say we're suing you and take you down to the grave. Yep. There's nothing stopping them from doing that, and there's no way for you to win. We've heard these, you know, David and Goliath stories sometimes, but all the other ones, you're done. And that's like the the whole case for Mickey Mouse is going to set the precedent on how a company handles themselves in the public eye with public product. Okay, they've had it for over a hundred fucking years. They're fine. They've made their money. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not and saying they, they, they haven't made their they, money and they, from and they, it. And they fucked the entire corporation under them, the people who made it happen. Okay, so I'm not worried about Disney. They could lose Mickey Mouse forever tomorrow. Well, I wouldn't give a shit. I wouldn't say I'm worried about them either. I, I'm just simply explaining that. Uh, look, if I was Walt Disney. Even in my death, I'd be like, fucking keep this shit going, guys, at any fucking cost. You know, something I created is going to outlive me two, three, four times. Fuck yes, do it. You know, so I'm just kind of looking at it from that angle. So that's, that's all right, here we go, Discord. That's where we kind of stand on this. Chris is just like, fuck it, bring out the full public domain for Mickey Mouse. Me, I'm kind of sitting here going, hey, I wouldn't I wouldn't be sitting here pumping my fist going, grr, Disney, if they found a way to continue to hold the copyright. So let us know what you think in the Discord. If you're not a member yet, sign on up, click the link in the description, and let us know because uh, – Folks have been kind of chiming in, letting us know how they thought on different episodes. So we might even make that a segment, like a mailbag segment. If you send us a message, we might even cover it on the little news segment because you only you got mail. Bing. Yeah, <laughs> you've got mail. Ah, oh, fuck! It's hate mail. <laughs> Gross. It's, all the internet is is two demons fighting with each other. I heard a, I heard a lady say that one time. <laughs> but before we actually get into that. Um, Kind of working off what we were initially talking about with HBO removing some of their shows from streaming. Uh, Inside Jobs season two has now been canceled from Netflix. Well, Netflix is known for doing this kind of shit. Yeah, Netflix is the cancellation network. Uh, in a, and we will cancel you as quick as we approve you. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and it it's kind of fucked up because we had talked about it a, a couple episodes back. Uh, the the creator heads of stranger things have left and gone to amazon uh stranger things season five will be the last of it but they filled out their contact you know contractual obligations that when season three happened so they have already signed contracts with amazon to make another great product so like yeah. amazon will make another kick-ass product with those two or not who knows it's a fucking up in the air because people just shut shut the fuck up oh about- and as a little side note um not enough to even cover in the new segment but uh the boys we're gonna begin a new season of that this year yeah, they started uh, teasing that jeffrey dean morgan will be part of it uh eric Kripty worked with him quite a bit in his last supernatural show so he's gonna be pulled it's like those directors who always pull those same guys you know, yeah, he's like they're Johnny Depp's and Helen Con- Bottom Connors are always going to be in a fucking Tim Burton movie. Yeah, but now Duffer Brothers are going to be on Amazon, and 
fucking inside job no more on netflix and that's a bummer because you showed me inside job mm. and that was a fucking funny show in season two in like well there's for their version of season two yeah because uh because a lot of people were kind of confused when the article came out being like mm. they already had season two when in reality it was season one split into two parts when yeah, they released so it like we remember what seasons used to be like 40 some fucking episodes now nowadays in streaming world it's a 10 episodes we just watched yep. the first season of that 90s show but if a second season came out and they had the gall to say no that was a part two shut the fuck up <laughs> because they they wrote a finale yeah. there was a finale for inside job part one that was a fin- that's a season shut the fuck up you made a season two and reneged on a contract that's all you did those guys are probably going to go off to fucking HBO or something. I was some. just about to say that HBO is going to fucking swipe it up and use the name and they're going to make a season two or whatever over well, HBO there. HBO need to do something fast because Discovery is fucking them to death because HBO is going to shit. Like, I didn't care about all the other products they got when they got bigger. I didn't care about the WB. I like DC and all, but I don't give a fuck. They got rid of DC product when they first got DC. So, like, you used to be able to watch Swamp Thing, which was a, a live-action horror show. Yep, that was part of that. When they were doing... As soon as they released the DC streaming service, remember that, guys? Uh, when that came out, that's when they were pushing that hard. Yeah, a friend of mine had it, and that's how I watched Swamp Thing. Yep. And, like, holy shit, that was a wild thing to watch because it set... It, it was filmed here in North Carolina, for one. It's set, I know, that's it's set, so crazy. It's set, in New, it's set in, like, southern New Orleans. But, like that was cool you know and you're seeing like kind of similar locations and stuff like that the actors were good they had like movie level actors in it they had new actors in and it. i heard the uh, costuming and the uh, the way the creature looked looked really oh, good man, right up over john carpenter's the thing like they used practical effects along with cgi effects and, and a good blend is just awesome yeah, and it got panned because it's swamp thing it's not a popular brand okay fine but it was a try it's a fucking try. That's all you got to do. Yeah. Hell, that werewolf by night. That was a try. I liked it. And it, and yeah, a lot of people, but a lot of people fucking hate it. I don't understand why it was one of the better fucking things they did throughout but that they last phase. People, people didn't like the aesthetic of it. that. Was like that's the biggest part of it. they didn't like the aesthetic. It didn't fit with the other. Oh, I I grew up with the original Dracula and but Frankenstein no, like, the, the, and Bride. Like, that's, and that's that. why I liked it. But like that's that. That's universal. That's yeah. not marvel you know right. so like they didn't like that so fuck them <laughs> but like if they decide to go forward with it okay cool the dc they threw money at this project and lost yeah so with dc doing that and then deciding to get rid of it altogether, like you could torrent it online probably <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah download the whole fucking season up illegally <laughs> yeah and i watched the other two episodes of uh velma that came out this week and it's not getting better i, I, I still kind of went back into it as like a maybe let's see no i haven't had time to watch anything except for today but um no it's, but like with, it's still not good but like netflix and stuff netflix has canceled so many up-and-coming things that people love high-reviewed things and they've canceled them and it doesn't make sense uh they they redid um a story called Midnight Club, which is about kids who are terminally sick who tell ghost stories. It's a lot like uh, tales you tell in the dark, yep. you know, Nickelodeon style, you know, and that's what that show was based off a series of books called The Midnight Run. So that's what that was, Midnight Club. That's what it was. Universally loved, out the gate. The LGBT community fucking loved it. They didn't kill off a bunch of gay characters like they usually do. But like, <laughs> That's why they loved it. Yeah, but like they loved it. And now they've decided to cancel it altogether. 
the guy the people that wrote the story or whatever are fucking furious they're like why this is one of your highest rated shows and then you get shows that get more seasons that barely anybody watch so big mouth why is that still getting new seasons I've hated that goddamn show. I tried watching like an episode or two, and I'm just like, this is... Oh, it's raunchy as shit. It's not just the raunchiness. That's fine. I like raunchy. The jokes suck. It's like it's like a shitty jokes with raunchy. And that's, you know, that's your opinion on it. But yeah. like the other 99 are like, we fucking love it. <laughs> I would say it wouldn't be the other 99. I wouldn't but, don't single, but make, like, make it a single out. But no, like, like Rotten Tomatoes has given it quite a high rating, not just the critic part, but the, the studio part. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, that, that's going to be said about anything, you know, whether you, it's opinion based, all, all it is, other than King of the Hill, King of the Hill is the perfect show. Um, but a lot of people were surprised about the inside job cancellation because, uh, it was we, low. It was like people gave it really high reviews. Well, not just that, but it, everyone kind of got um, flashbacks to the Henry Cavill news. Yeah. It's like as soon as he posted on Twitter, he's was like, you know, I like doing my cameo. Can't wait to you know continue the story and the legacy. Two weeks later, mm-hmm. fucking fired. Yeah. So it's like it. It was a similar thing. They got approved for that season two. They had just started promoting the, that they were going to be going into production, and then snap, gone. And then Netflix is going after people who uh, password share. Yeah, they have been. That that happened uh, late last year, but they're slowly kind they, of they're going. They're going hyperactive for twenty twenty three. Yeah, kiss my ass. That's how you made me your money. <laughs> that that's how they made the money. I've uh, so, so I remember like the second year I had Netflix, they gave the option to buy an extra screen because it would cut off. If you if too many people are watching your Netflix, it'd be like, hey, you know, someone else is watching this. Yeah, need, I think you could have like uh, there was a package for two screens and three well, the, screens. Well, the, original, the original subscription was three. Uh, I paid the extra dollar to get the fourth, and then I paid an extra two dollars to get the fifth, and now I pay sixteen a month. But now they're telling me because they sent me an email saying, hey, we have a new tier, but with commercials. Get the yep. fuck out. Yeah, Netflix no. is going to be trying to put in commercials and for the people because it's already been out in beta testing. Mm-hmm. And within the beta testing community, they said it is not intuitive. They don't slice in exactly where commercial breaks should be. You'll be in the middle of watching a movie mm-hmm. and they'll be like, but I was telling you, yep. come out at the new Hardys uh, to try the new bacon yeah. area. It's, just, it's immediately I will just say this. Out. I will say this. If I'm watching a streaming service and you advertise on a streaming service with like let's say the bear let's say i'm watching the bear and you know a streaming commercial comes on and it's your product i'm going to do everything in my power not to buy that goddamn product why because it's fucking ridiculous ads are every fucking way if i wanted your product and it was good enough i would fucking buy it well how would you know about it i just go online like everybody else but how would you see it I would just type in cleaner and the whole list of advertisements are going to pop the fuck up immediately. That's how that works. Oh, so you're not against advertisements, just advertise- advertisements during a streaming service? If I'm paying you, I don't need to see a fucking commercial. Yeah. That's a goddamn fact. <laughs> All right? Tell that to the cable company. People. So when cable first came out, it didn't have commercials. That was the whole fucking point. And then it started having commercials. This is the cable situation all over again. Then what you're going to do is, you, what's going to happen is, I can see, kind of see it coming, are people just panning your fucking product immediately. So we know somebody who likes to get on Google and do bad reviews of products. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do on my free time now. 
I want to go and be like, oh yeah, the uh, the Hardy's hard tea or uh, whatever the fuck. What was it? Uh, Bojangles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bojangles hard tea is so disgusting. I wish I had fried my hand in chicken grease and ate that instead. <laughs> I really do want to try that though when it comes out. Of course you do. You're a consumer. <laughs> but do you want to see 14 fucking commercials of it while watching goddamn? You know, whatever the fuck. No. The no, Mario movie. No, no, <laughs> <Okay>. I don't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hey, Bowser's like got about to stab Luigi in the chest. He's like, eh, try Bojangles hard seltzer because you want to get drunk and eat chicken. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. <laughs> I'm too drunk to drive. And he's in the drive through. I want my sweet tea. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. Well, while we've been talking about Netflix, this is as good as time as any to go ahead and dive on into our main topic. Yes, as Chris mentioned earlier, we just finished watching that 90s show. Um, I'd watched a couple episodes within the last few days, and then we just binged the whole season today. And overall, first impressions, by the way, spoilers for anyone that has not watched the whole series yet and is kind of taking it slow like a normal human being. Um, Yeah, if that's going to be it for you, tune in next week. Otherwise, um, overall thoughts, Chris, what'd you think? Um, After the first five episodes, it looked... A lot like a show I would see on probably Disney or Nickelodeon. Uh, the way it looked, the way it was shot, because it's shot just a just a hair different from the original, um, which is fine. It's two decades later. I understand the timeline. The soundtrack is fantastic. You know, they really hit those songs where they really need to be. And you know, it is a bunch of '90s kids. That you know, it, it's the same as that '70s show. They seem younger and smaller than the original cast but going back and watching the original cast you know super fucking young Mila Kunis is like what 15 yeah so and that's the age they set these guys you know 15 16 years old they're driving probably they're doing drugs for the first time they're in high school and you know we got that feel with that 70s show but it almost seemed like they were probably like juniors or seniors when we first started watching. Yeah. Because like they didn't go to school a lot after the first two seasons. You know, they were, you know, doing stuff. They were going yeah. to work. Eric was working, you know, working with his dad, you know. And so, you know, people were doing shit. This one, you know, it's a great opening season. I really enjoyed it. Um, but like I said, it did feel like it was like something I would see on like the Disney Channel. I find it really funny that you mentioned that because that was my thought watching the trailer. That, that was the one thing that kind of had me worried going into the series as I was w- looking at it, and it's just like, fuck. It looks too bright and shiny. It feels like a Disney Channel show. Mm. I'm like, oh, no. But I will say, throughout watching it, it had a lot of the same charm, man. Like, mm. it really did. Like, I, what anchored it in for me, and we'll go into further detail, but my quick little overview is if Kitty and Red had not been part of this it would have suffered tremendously. I think that having those two anchored it a little bit more, having them in every episode as being the old elder statesman, of course. And I don't know. I think it just kept the heart of the show. Without that, I feel like it would have flopped. It wouldn't have worked because it is Red and Kitty's house. 
That's it. That's the stationary of the whole show. Every episode is at their well, house. They could have still found a way to make a that '90s show without it being at their house. But even then, I wouldn't have watched it. Yeah, but I'm saying but yeah, yeah. That's, no, 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 what, that's could, what anchors it. Yeah, but that, you had to have that. Uh, Terry, uh, what's his name? Uh, Terry uh, Tiller is the only guy returning back for this show out of the original three producers. Um, I noticed that yeah, in the crowd. Uh, Bonnie Turner and uh, Terry Turner. Terry Turner is the only one returning. Um, the other two have kind of stepped away, I guess, from what I read about it yesterday. Um, so I can probably see like what he was trying to do with the show, you know, because he was you know the executive producer. Yeah. So you always get like a different taste when whoever's doing the show, like you know, in those later seasons of that '70s show, it got a little weirder because you're getting so close to 1980. Uh, and with this one, you know, it's set in 1996, uh, and it's very tight. Uh, it's a very tight story. Just, Actually, it was uh, July '95. Sorry. No. So, but like, it is very tight on the town, and just Red and Kitty's house, like that '70s show was. But there were things happening within the first season, like Gerald Ford had just pardoned Nixon, which was a big part of season one. You know, because we have all episode about Red, you know, dealing with should I, you know, make a point to say something when he's being told not to. 1995 America, there's some crazy shit going on that has happened already, you know. Um, or did it happen? This is a cryptic conspiracy call when we talk about it. But, um, <laughs> uh, shameless plug. Uh, but, like, it's so tight-knit that we're not, we don't have to worry about that. We're not going to hear about, oh, is Bill Gates a fascist? Or did he really blow up Oklahoma City? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, David Koresh and all them cultists got murdered by the government. Right. So, like, we don't have to hear about that in little town America, Wisconsin. And that was a great thing. That was something that I was kind of worried about. How far are they going to go with it? Is it again, it, I don't want to say woke, but I want to say, like, too currenty. Yeah. On their bullshit. What is playing oh you somehow something you said made my spotify start playing on my ipad (laughs) and i don't know what the hell that was but no i absolutely agree um to me it still kept a lot of the lighthearted humor yeah it never really got too none of the characters felt like their path got fucked up yeah you know what i mean it's like you know it not just to be that angry fucking nerd but they didn't last jedi anyone yeah. the only thing i didn't like opening was leia the main character i'm not a fan of hers she's too uptight like for someone being the daughter of eric foreman and donna pinciotti you know why does she have this fucking anxiety disorder about these people uh at no point did she not meet people when she went to her grandma's house because she's only been gone for six months. Yeah, so so we'll we'll, do, we'll dive into that for, uh, a little bit further. But um, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense why she would be like that. No, and I do agree. I think her what really I I I differ a little bit. I liked her a lot. I think the reason I liked her was she had a lot of Topher Grace's mannerisms. Mm-hmm. She got the face down really well. Like there was a lot of times she would make like a surprise face, mm-hmm. and it looked like Topher yeah. when he was younger. So they got a very good representation of what a kid between Eric and Donna would look like. And I did initially think about that, but as I was at work the other day, just some YouTube, of course, serves me up that 70 show videos now because this is back out. 
And the person I was listening to was using a lot of clips for the first two seasons. Eric was a nervous wreck. Mm-hmm. He was he was very much the same. He was kind of uptight, mama's boy, not very sure. You know, this was just uptight daddy's girl. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, she wanted to be free and she finally got a taste of what that free was because of the environment Eric probably created feeling that way as a you know as a teenager and trying to you know comfort and try to create a safe space for that and everything else because you saw him throwing out you know star wars lines at her and everything kept calling her his little buddy you know that household was the polar opposite of what he grew up in it's not very surprising to me that she would have anxiety about doing things that are outside of a 15 year old comfort zone Mm. you know it's like for a fucking 15 year old she did a lot over this summer break what did i do during my summer vacation well (laughs) in the first day i fucking climbed a water tower and drank a bunch of beer and made you know five new friends so it's like i don't know that that part of the characterization really didn't feel off to me there was a few continuity errors just within the first episode that did cause me pause so one of the new characters his name is jay and you find out in the middle of the first episode his name is jay kelso yes fucking they bred (laughs) and i have a theory that one of the other kids is another one of kelso's like bastard sons but i don't know i i I have a feeling that they might go that direction either way you find out his name is jay kelso and the way you find out is because leia is walking through the kitchen with jay red stops him and says who the hell is this and he goes i'm jay kind of looks at him confused he goes jay kelso and he's like no 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 and then you know the dad goes running and burn everything else so at no point in time when Eric had a kid and Kelso had a kid, they never like met. They never hung out. And the implication is that, you know, Kelso and Jackie still live at Point Place because a few times you hear Jay say, you know, oh, in my family, we don't do this. Dad always told me, you know, never make the first move. That way you lose all power, <laughs> you know, shit like that. So it's clearly they still live in town. And this isn't the first time that Leia's been to town. Did Eric just say, fuck all you guys and just like completely disconnect from everyone? I just assume that with the whole conversation where you see Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher back, they talk about how they got remarried again. Yes. So I'm just imagining probably one of them stayed in Point Pleasant. Maybe Mila Kunis probably stayed. Yeah. And kelso went off because kelso goes off all the time yeah and especially at the tail end of that 70s show he lives in chicago at one point he lives in fucking california at one point so um i think when jay talks about his parents he's not talking about them as in they're here i think i think he's talked about his parents more as this is what people who are my parents say right like my dad shows up every now and then because when you hear them say oh we're getting remarried again Mm-hmm. This is our second remarriage. I'm thinking they got married, got divorced, got remarried, got divorced, and getting remarried. This yes, is their second yes. remarriage. Yes. This so, is the third time around. Yeah, third time's a charm. <laughs> and so I'm just thinking like maybe either Jackie or Kelso just leave. Yeah. Because that's probably the best that's going to happen. I, I don't know. Maybe it is Jackie that left because, again, Jay a few times said, Dad always told me this. Dad yeah. always told me that. And even when you – 
when uh, Ashton's character comes in, he's like, oh, so you got to meet my boy. You know, he's got his, you know, dad's looks and his mom's brains. Hey, you kids go have fun. When you jump in the lake, you know, landing it just right. It feels like you're doing it with the lake. You know, it felt like Jay is getting a constant feed of this yeah. day that's, in and day out. And that's out. kind of what brings you out of it is when we first watched that 70s show, it's a group of five or four, actually. Or third notice, yes, yes, four. So in the original, it's Eric, Donna, Hyde, and Kelso. Kelso has Meg. He brings Jackie along. He brings her along. She's always the fifth wheel. And within like three episodes, Fez was included. And then you have Fez. Hey, this is the new guy. Let's be let's befriend the new guy. And it kind of works out. But we still have the base four. Those four are your prime people. And the problem with this show was it didn't have a prime cast. So when we introduced, she's meeting them for the first time. So are we. And we're meeting her for the first time. So there is no basis of relationship. Like you talk about those two guys being possible brothers. I don't see that. I see that as people who've been friends for a very long time. I see that as, oh, hey, this is my buddy, my best friend, and this is his half-sister. And this is my best friend's girlfriend. This is us. Us four are the mainstays. And now Ozzy moves to town. Now he's our friend. We're a core group. And now the main character is the outsider coming in instead of four main characters meeting two outsiders. So it kind of gives you a different vibe. And that's what I caught very early on. Uh, Same with – I was going to make the argument the same with the Star Wars characters in the new trilogy. She has – anxiousness problems nerdiness problems of of Topher Grace but she's also quick on the trigger loses her shit like Hyde uh, we know she's athletic and strong because we get a kind of a preamble with Red mentioning that about Donna yeah she's like oh yeah but your jumper's gotten good almost like your mama yeah and your others because she's also pretty tall yeah but Donna was also athletic yeah but we're getting those same dynamic with different characters. So they're, what they're doing is mix-maxing traits yeah. and just putting them in the whole character. So like your big dumb guy, like Kelso, is a big dumb guy. But Jake Kelso does dumb shit, but he's not necessarily dumb. He's very sincere, yeah. which is like Fez or Eric. Your, your, the Asian girl, mm-hmm. she is very intelligent, like my like uh i'm about to say meg but, uh, <laughs> but like jackie but like jackie but she's not abusive or toxic mm, jackie was pretty abusive and toxic. No, that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying the new girl is not jackie the new girl or, or not um, the Asian yeah, yeah, girl yeah, yeah. is not jackie she's intelligent mm-hmm. but she's not super fucking toxic she's not reigning in on this one guy She's, yeah, it feels like there's boy like for maybe for their I'm saying age, they're, I'm saying they're, I'm saying they're mixing and matching. Yeah. They're mixing and matching enough to keep the characters fresh and new, which gives it a better taste because now we have someone like Red who's dealing with their bullshit and he's just like, first of all, I've dealt with your kind before the whole shaking finger kind of thing. I'll kick your ass. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that, that. And it's actually interesting because the first episode is the one that was the most heavy with the cameos and, you know, callbacks and everything. And it was probably the weakest episode for the kids overall. 
Uh, what did you think of all the uh, mainstay cast that had their cameos? Like, what did you think of Eric and Donna and like their relationship with Kitty and Red? Oh, it's perfect. It's what it would be. They live very far away because the whole crux of Eric Foreman, I need to get out of this goddamn town. And that's what he did. He, he met his dream. Yep. And he's a professor. Teaching the religion of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, which is perfect for the 90s. Like, you <laughs> have a bullshit job in the 90s. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Anybody in the Discord can say, you could quit your job and go down the street and get another fucking job immediately. Yeah. That's what the 90s were all about. You had it. Yeah. It was perfect. Okay. Uh, there were some problems. But, uh, <laughs> but like, he did his dream. Donna wrote a book wrote a book and they read the reviews they didn't read the book they read the review and there is the uh, a new dynamic with Kitty and Donna Kitty's finally accepted a Donna to a point where she wants her to call her mom yeah which is kind of weird but going back to like season six and seven of that 70s show this red-headed whore took my baby yeah <laughs> so it's like you see a little growth in kitty but at the same time donna's still kind of holding on to it a little bit she's like i don't know about that mrs f and red i love red because they kept the one mannerism about his daughter to his granddaughter yes the daughter can do no wrong so therefore my granddaughter can do no wrong until it's proven in front of me. Yes. And then we have a problem. <laughs> but only then. And you better be careful. Mm-hmm. But I love how, like, in the, in like the first episode into the second episode, he just goes, it's not Leia's fault. It's Eric's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Eric is to blame for this. Uh, and I love, you know, Ashley Kutcher and Mila Kutis coming back. Their dynamic is perfect. This... Well, it's because they have like a genuine relationship. Yeah, well, in real so, life, yeah, they're yeah. together. But like, it's genuinely toxic at the utmost uh, <laughs> when we meet Jay and Ke- or, or Red meets Jay. Yeah, and I like they bring back some mannerisms to Kelso from the later seasons than they do from the early seasons. Mm-hmm. Especially the weird one where he just like sees Kitty at that party and he's just like, "Fuck, Mrs. Foreman." I never said this, but you're a fox. <laughs> and like, it just makes her fucking day in that episode. Yes. And in the new episode, you know, just just like, gives bam. her the big hug. Oh, God. And she fucking loses. Uh, she's like, that melting. is warm and masculine. And she just melts. And that's another play on the dynamic. The fucking 90s age dynamic is hilarious to me with the new kids with the older people. Um, I wish they had wrote it a little bit differently on why she was there other than like 4th of July weekend, you know, coming down to hang out with the grandparents and deciding to stay. Um, They kind of telegraph a whole different thing in the first episode. Where she goes across, you know, next door to see her friend, the girl that becomes her friend, and it comes off as like, "Oh, she's gay." That's what I got. That's what they telegraphed in the first episode. You got that because she's watching a girl dance behind some bushes, who's in her own fucking house. (laughs) It's gay as shit. Even the girl. That's why she's so confrontational when she opens the window. What the fuck are you doing? She's like, "Oh, nothing. I'm just watching you dance in your house." And I want it to be you. What the fuck? <laughs> that only goes one or two ways. Either she's attracted to her or she wants to kill her and beat her. I mean, <laughs> you know. if your dad was Eric, mm. you'd probably want to murder too. No. No. <laughs> but no, um, one glaring omission 
from this show though is, is uh hide in every sense of the word not a passing mention not even a you know hey has anyone heard from him nothing i, I understand danny masterson is a piece of shit I understand that. We can acknowledge that, but we can separate the man from the character for five goddamn minutes to say... He doesn't have to show up. Yeah. We can say, oh, shit, hide. Yeah, man, he's been living in fucking Oregon, man, trying to get weed legalized. That or he's been locked up the last 10 years. (laughs) You know, something. Something. Just something. And I wouldn't even want to make it a negative. I would have made it a positive. Because it would have been something about the character, not the man. Okay, yeah. it's about celebrating the art from the artist again. You know, this is what I want to see. This is you know what I want to hear. Like at some point when I saw the girl, the next door neighbor, I thought, "Is that Hyde's kid?" Because at that point we didn't see the mom, and I can only assume because later seasons of that seventy show, Hyde's dad is black his half sister is black he just doesn't happen to look like that and that happens could it have skipped it but genes are a weird thing yeah and yeah that could be his bastard daughter we don't know and see i'm i feel like they created it to where it's open-ended enough to where if Danny is able to clear his name because I don't think like by the time they were filming it, you know, any charges have been officially, you Mm -hmm. know, named. I think they set it up to where if he got his name cleared and like somehow he got cleaned up in the public eye, all of those mentions that the other kid is her half brother and seeing how much that their mom was kind of trailer trashy. It would not put it past me that he wound up banging her for a while, dipped town, and didn't realize yeah. he had a daughter. Like it was maybe it wasn't malicious. A force cup situation. Exactly. He just he just bounced and didn't realize. And that could possibly open up something for a season two or three if they continue this to bring the character back for him to have some sort of moment and be like, Look, I know how it is to have a dad fucking up and leave and all of a sudden boom now it's hitting us because we saw him go through that journey but, and all of a sudden he's inadvertently done it to his own kid and like that's just a you know that's just the fan theory kind of situation it is but i but i think that would actually make for because 70s show was never afraid to pull punches no. you know with emotional stuff that would be a big emotional arc mm. and i will say one of the things that felt very underwhelming to me is you know again we're not going to run this down episode by episode we're just free forming um midway through um lisa lisa ha, leia fit finds out she actually likes jay kelso and when donna finds out she doesn't freak out as much as i wanted her to mm-hmm. i wanted her to genuinely be like you're not dating a Kelso. No, no, no. I know about him and his brother. (laughs) I know this family. You're not dating a Kelso. I wanted her to freak out a little bit more, but she was more just like, I mean, I did bang his brother. (laughs) It's just like, really? You know what? It's more of like understanding with age. You know, they're, they're a lot older now. You know, their kid is, you know, she's probably a little bit more understanding than Eric would be because Eric would be, super protective anyway but donna you know who lived in point pleasant as a woman place point place yeah uh but being attracted to that person next door as she was and understanding that 
yeah, the small town's going to run into a problem. That's why I kind of don't really care if that girl is Hyde's daughter mm-hmm. and it's just a character. I'm fine with that. Oh, I am too. But it's like if we're doing Force Awakens bullshit where it's just like, you know, everybody's the kid Finn, of something. Finn is, you know, the kid of Lando. And, you know, is it because like, he's the only black man in space? Shh. Quiet. Silent racism in Star Wars. We allow He's it. an abandoned okay. father. <laughs> he abandoned his two children. Yeah, well, he did wind up doing that. We find out in the last movie anyway. But no, we're the Star Wars episode. Even though it was very Star Wars centric. Ha. Um, I don't know, though. Overall, I do agree with what you mentioned about the um, Disney show, Nickelodeon mm-hmm. live action show vibe. It definitely had that. But as something as I mentioned, it felt like they filmed these episodes in order. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't feel like they jumped around a lot because as the season went on, it felt like all of the characters felt more comfortable in their roles. Mm-hmm. All of the kids in the first episode were, it felt like a mad TV skit. You know, it's like everyone was just playing it on 10. And as the series went on, it felt like they kind of dialed back just a little bit and everyone was kind of acting a little bit more normal and that's when i started actually liking the characters uh, especially ozzy the the first uh, that was his name right yeah. yeah the first episode or two i did not care for him and i'm like ah oh, great but by the end of it they kind of honed in his timing they honed in on how he said things when he said things and i think it got a lot better and because of that i would actually be really interested in a season two if the kids had acted like they did during episode one the entire time, I would have not enjoyed those. Well, your pilot was probably I. I don't know if it's filmed, you know, in order. I don't think it was. I think the pilot was filmed so far ahead of the rest of it. It was filmed very tight, probably on a schedule, just to get past production and get to like a small group of viewers to be like, hey, tell us what you think about this. What changes can we make? Hey, maybe one of those guys sitting, let's hear what Paul has to say. He's a stone cold motherfucker. I want to see what he's like. You know, he seems very apathetic to everybody's plot. You know, uh, let's get more dynamic between Leia and her new best friend. Let's, you know, let's do it a little bit differently. And I think. They filmed the pilot and probably waited like six months, and then finished the rest of it. That's why Which would I fi- make sense. That's why I think it's, it feels more tight in the last nine episodes as opposed yeah. to the first. Um, I don't like ten episode seasons. They, it's a fucking sitcom. You could have made twenty of these goddamn things. That's true. It's not that hard. Okay, if cable can do it, streaming can do it. You know what I'm saying? Well, it it kind of felt like they were doing. Aside from the first two episodes, it felt like each episode was each week. Mm-hmm. Because at one point, when uh, she gets caught at the rave, she gets grounded for a week. Mm-hmm. And then by the following episode, you see them all hanging out again. So yeah. it feels like, and, and they're like, oh, I'm so glad to see you guys again from my sad hole, you know, shit like that. So mm-hmm. it feels like with each episode, they went a week, which mm-hmm. if about maybe eight to nine weeks, yeah, that'd be about a summer break, yeah. roughly. So, but I, I don't know. That shit, that shit always bothers me when, with the newer stuff. Right, right. I know what you uh, mean. Like, you know, time isn't relative in fucking television and movies. So, like, we don't really know how many days has passed. That's why we get some shows with 40 fucking Christmas episodes. And it's like, you would be a hundred. You would literally be a hundred years old by now. Um, but you know, I, all of them together, they're perfect. Yeah. Um, each one has a just enough history about them that kind of grounds them in reality. My favorite thing though, about the show is the references. 
Okay. The references were on point. So uh, you had made a comment during uh, during a part where he, uh, Ozzy is trying to explain to the big guy um, how he looks in a situation when it comes to jealousy. I'm like, he's he's like, you're going to be the guy on Ricky Lake. You're going to be that oh, you don't know me guy, you know, and we've talked about reality television. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were talking about Ozzy, Ozzy, which is a pull from Jerry. Jerry. But that didn't start till the late 90s because in the beginning, Jerry Springer wasn't that kind of show. Yeah, yeah right. But Sally Jesse Raphael was. <laughs> and that's why he's wearing those red rim glasses. And I'm just like, oh, no, he's the Ricky Lake daytime trash TV guy, because I remember watching that when I was little, right? And seeing these people just be terrible to each other. Um, you don't know me. You don't know me. They don't. <laughs> they don't want to know you. <laughs> None of them know you. None of them. Know you. And they're still going to boo you, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> and like you know, just a just a handful of comments here and there. Uh, we get the age of the internet, and they're the they get their little e machine or whatever the fuck, and it's you know it's got the 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 shitty dial up, and we hear the noise that I wish I had never heard to begin with in my life because that's the universal if I had it as a ringtone I'd have it as a ringtone that that's an alarm clock no oh man make that your fucking alarm clock you'll just spring out of fucking bed no I'll probably sleep through it thinking I'm dreaming in the 90s I'm thinking about trying to hit the Windows 98 not working. <laughs> tap, 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 tap. It don't work. It don't work who's using the fucking phone which one mom mom but uh but yeah, it's like so those those subtle references, works. Yeah, and even the even the subtleties made to the house. Um, so they got they have the corded phone still, but now they have the cordless phone available, which had range. Yeah, with, especially when you extended out that antenna. Antenna, and then the whole like slamming the antenna down because you're pissed because. Everybody knows that's what phones are for. When they created the wireless telephone that they have now, you can't like just go, I'm done with that motherfucker. You no, because then you just crack $2,000 yeah. on the table. Yeah, but but back in the day, it was, bam, slam yeah. it on the ringer or slam it on the table. You know? Or, and, I mean, even during cell phones, when you had the flip phones, yeah. snapping it closed. Yeah. So satisfying. Now you, can't, now you can get an app for that. There's actually yeah. an app where you can like slam a phone on somebody. Um, but... It, it it was good enough changes from a house built probably in the sixties late fifties to now the, the they still had the recess fucking uh, island uh, uh, living room oh yeah 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 where the, yep. the, where you step down which they need to bring back yeah they need to bring so that cool. back just just hanging out and you just walk up and it's like hey man step down hang out yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was nice the 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 coolest thing was the basement yes. the basement looked almost untouched it looked like Kitty had kept it that way perfectly and you had mentioned they had moved the fur- old furniture from the 70s down into the basement um, and you really see that with the uh, chair because yeah. Red's chair was Red's chair uh, one of the best moments is uh, Hyde and Fez walking through the living room past Red and him just like where the fuck are you two going and he's just like it just Hyde doing this whole conspiracy bullshit and talking about microchips and all I could think of was just Red saying if the government wanted to stick a microphone up your ass, you will thank them <laughs> <laughs> and sing "God Bless America." <laughs> but like that's, that's what that reminds me of. It's just like okay, now it's the changing of the guard a little bit, you know. Um, and then we see then we see the biggest thing in the late '80s to early '90s, the mall. Yes, which probably didn't exist 
which didn't exist no, at all. No. All you had was burnt out factories where they could hang out and water towers. No, and I thought that was a cool change, but that will bring me to maybe one of my other negatives since I've uh, said a bunch of positives. When you watch that 70s show, you immediately know it's the 70s. There was a few times watching this, it wasn't grabbing me what era they were in. It was almost kind of era-less. It's like, this could be the 80s, this could be the 70s, this could be the thousands, but it's probably the 90s. There wasn't a whole lot of over-characterization of the 90s, which I think I kind of went into looking for. Because even that 70s show is the 70s looked at through rose-tinted glasses. You know, so it's like none none of none of the kids had like a Game Boy, you know, that they were kind of like fucking around with in the corner while another character was talking. Mm. You know, um, they didn't really talk about current cartoons that much. I mean, we had a Free Willy reference and, you know, a reference to being able to rent Beauty and the Beast on VHS. That was kind of the end of the pop culture cartoony you know references and you know i know at least a couple of those kids in there would have been interested in playing video games and shit this is back when video games were being revived you know it's like you know I, it just did not feel like the rose tinted 90s feel i don't think that i would have thought they i don't think with. they didn't show enough because it's not long enough okay that you're trying to tell a story about these characters you know, with interpersonal relationships between themselves, you're not going to have a lot of time to spread that out when you're trying to get more '90s references in, like more references in. So, like, even vi- when you talk about video games, the only time I remember video games being an issue in that '70s show when it was between Kelso and Red, yeah, with the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Well, also, video games weren't, you know, they weren't but, that big in the '70s either. But, that was pretty but, niche. Yeah, but you got '95. But, but you got to remember, that's not her house. That's why I mentioned the Game Boy. But like I, I know, I know you did. But like, Kitty says it in passing. No television, no, no Nintendo, Nintendo, and stuff like that. So they have it, but I think they're just not going to feature a bunch of it because they didn't have enough time. You know, they they spend six, probably what five and a half, six hours of content out of ten episodes, maybe yeah, roughly, yeah, maybe uh, because the pilot seemed a little bit longer. Um, but maybe in season two. I could see them pulling out all the stops a little bit more. Yeah. Because this one's just about establishing shots, histories, communications, and stuff like that. And, and maybe I wasn't making myself clear. I, I wasn't necessarily saying they needed to spend time on mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But, like, for instance, you know, in 70s show, you know, in the background, you, I mean, hell, Kelso would have, like, those little Timco Bowl, you mm-hmm. know, things. Or, you know, he'd be, like, messing with a rubber band in the background, you know, mm-hmm. shit like that. You know, yeah, maybe have, you know, Ozzy sitting in the corner when he's not talking just playing his you know game boy they don't have to spend any time about him talking about no, it it's I'm just not, that visual thing so, so when you're but what you're saying you know they already spent so much time doing all this other stuff that takes no time that's set dressing you know that's something happening in the background while other characters are continuing to do their thing and that's those are the moments when it just didn't feel as 90s mm-hmm. to me and that's why I, it kind of felt decade less mm-hmm. And I think that was my main problem with it because that 70s show was super 70s. Everywhere you looked, it was like the real 70s was not like this. You know, it's like this is cartoon 70s. Oh, I remember, I remember directly watching that 70s show from season one and seeing a lot of stuff from the 60s. Yeah. So, like, when they're trying to show the 70s and, like, style and art, 
Yeah, it's still late sixties, you know. But I I chalk that up to the setting itself of the town. That's a poor town. Point Place, Wisconsin, is a small poor town on the Great Lakes. Not everybody's going to have every '90s shit, you know, or every '70s shit. When we f- meet Red, he's a hardworking guy. Later on, he loses his motherfucking job. In the '90s, Point Place, it, same fucking thing could happen. You know, it's a tiny town. There are very Wisconsin things happening, which is always like the Green Bay Packers shirts and stuff like that. People joking, and I love that because that that adds to the set dressing of the town. Uh, they go back to the hub, the the, and main, the water tower, and the water tower. What do you see in the background of the hub? You see a new newer arcade, arcade machine. machine. You see a newer jukebox. You know, you see a layout that's more '90s than it was '70s. You know. And, like, there isn't much difference between the 70s and 90s when it came to stuff like the hub. You know, you're still going to have your paper cups, paper plates, stuff like that. Uh, business as usual, as opposed to casual, willy-nilly, like, getting it too fucking retro-looking. And I think that's probably something the producers were looking at, was, like, I don't want this to look so fucking retro, it brings you out of it. Right. Like, the 80s show did that too hard way too hard and i think they did it with moderation just enough um and we talked about it during the show hey they still have the same fridge they still have the same washing machine and dryer which makes sense because it's going to run forever in a day my grandma had a fucking washing machine that was older than my fucking mom and they still had the old vista cruiser which in an episode you find out that leia receives which correct me if i'm wrong was that was that what donna and leia were driving away in at the last episode they're driving a toyota so red gives her the car and it's just like but you can only drive it when you're here yeah <laughs> well no that was the whole point of him going to the dmv to get it re-registered because the tag went out in 1980 yeah so it's been either sitting there or he's been using it as a pickup vehicle to buy his weird shit because <laughs> we find out later that red's a hoarder he's a hoarder and he's also taken up gardening yep uh but he's also very frugal uh to quote him in the new 90s show I bought that from Sears in 1964, full price. That and it was a jacket Jay had found, and it was a cool jacket. Yeah. I thought they were going to say something fucked up, like, "Oh, it's probably Kelso's jacket that he left in the car." Yeah, and it probably had more weed in it. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's something else. They smoked dilapidated weed. They smoked l- weed to, from 1979. Yeah, I was going to say latest, and to give it as much leeway as possible yes mm-hmm. 1979 weed more likely 78 weed when uh eric moved out but <laughs> no those kids were wheeling and dealing in that basement after yeah left. true that was another thing they still brought that back the casualness of where uh, kitty and red let children in and out of their house <laughs> well it's uh, sparked by uh, eric which i thought was great because he and uh red had kind of been doing their playful back and forth the mm-hmm. whole time eric you know threatened to put his foot up lay his ass and that caused that the whole thing. that was the high point that was how about so i put great. my foot up your ass <laughs> <laughs> and um but through all that just to finally get one final jab and he turns around and he goes and Leia, while you're here, I want you to invite your friends to hang out in Grandpa's basement as much as they want. He's like, no, no. And Kitty turns around right on time. Well, you know it's going to be the safest place for them to be. And he's like, you know, she is totally right, Dad. He's like, mm-hmm, well played, thanks. <laughs> and it Because when we see him again, they're in basically the Pinciotti's basement. 
Yeah. Which, is which we never got to see. We never really saw. Yeah, we really saw the house. We actually get a weird angle of the house in this one. I don't know if you noticed how different the Pensiotti's house. It looks like it got bigger. Yeah, the, the Pensiotti's house, well, it was always the bigger one because Bob always kind of had that little ex, that leg up mm-hmm. on bread. So he but had like the a little kitchen, bit of the nicer like house. Like, you remember the kitchen setting where Donna and Eric are trying to tell, we got to tell Bob we had sex. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt pretty small. Yeah. It felt very small because it was a kitchen table, a stove, and like the bar. They had the really big living room. Yeah. But like when we see the kitchen again, now there's an island and then a kitchen table. And it's just like. Yeah. It's definitely been a lot more renovated yeah. than the foreman's house. And I will house. say, the uh, we we're, we introduced the landlord later on of that house. Um, I don't know if you know anything about that guy who plays him. Uh, that guy has so many Golden Globes and People's Choice Awards because he's created some of your most favorite shows on television yeah he's actually a producer in four shows he shows up as a character actor in a lot of stuff but he's he's been involved with everything under the sun from like roseanne friends um the newer shows like two and a half men stuff like that he has been involved with all those kind of shows and he's been in sitcoms since the early 90s and he's been he was the dean in community too so like he is very flamboyant but when he's in the show, I'm just like, did he help make this goddamn show? And I looked at it, he did. Yeah. He helped make the show. And it's really cool seeing him in it because yes. he's such a fucking hilarious actor. And uh, he was the and the reason he and Fez had a relationship or a background is mm-hmm. uh, he was the old jewelry uh, shop owner. And they were going through a big back and forth near the end of the seasons. I think he was going to propose to Jackie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, like that was the diamond store clerk that was just giving him a bunch of shit the entire time about like oh you wanted that one oh okay and he's like what what's wrong with that one you know just like the constant back and forth and yeah now he's a real estate owner and speaking of speaking of fez uh great pull oh the yeah. way they did him it, that's what you would see fez as uh still a fucking weirdo yeah uh another thing is when he's talking to kitty he's telling a story about him and meg or jackie <laughs> I can't tell if you're doing that on purpose or not. Shut up, Meg. <laughs> uh, but he's telling a story about how he was with Jackie. And I got the feeling that that was probably during the 80s. Mm-hmm. And he talked about why they broke up. And Kitty was vested in the story. And he tells her he called her on the phone with Michael. And that kind of did it in. Dukakis? Dukakis. Dukakis? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was another pull, like 90s pull. You know, at that time, he was running for president. You know, this is like. Jackie was that high up in like the social status, just like her dad was. Her dad was to where Kitty thinks that's what he's talking about. Yeah, uh, but no, she she was calling Michael Kelso, and it was perfect because now we have a little bit more backstory about our old core group of people. Yeah, and like we said before, I would have loved just two lines of passing from Red. Oh no, hide, you know, and I wanted it to be positive. Like if they were going to do it, make it positive. <sighs> It, that, it's just hard it to say to a rapist. <laughs> you know? about the character of Hyde. I know, but yeah. it's it's still hard to kind of give give it a fault like a solid send off to someone like that. I know separating the actor from the art. I totally get that, but at the same time, I think they just did the right thing of just not even yeah. mentioning it. But that way, neither side has anything to yeah, say. Yeah, but like the same thing can be said about Jay from Jay and Silent Bob. Like, do I really want to see a fucking heroin addict get another chance? No. But well, like, I mean, but, but Kevin Sleever, he did because they gave him a fucking chance. I'm and not I'll, saying giving Hyde a chance, but I'm saying just yeah. but let, I was gonna say, let the I'll, character I'll say go it. in a positive light. That way, you separate it from reality because that's yeah. the whole point. We're watching the fucking show. Yeah, but. 
I, I still don't want to go on set that we're comparing someone that messed up their own life with drugs compared to someone that messed up other people's lives with his actions. Mm. I, I still wouldn't say the J comparison is very apples to apples on that one. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is you had a character a character please please understand this I, I understand. the no, no, character no. part I fully do so like Topher that. Grace in real life is a fucking prick oh yeah Toby Maguire the biggest prick and like I would didn't I could see him getting killed as Spider-Man I would have been positive <laughs> I, mean, like, I, I still love the story of the guy that was played Eddie Brock and he told the story of like when someone was like trying to pay me to like actually punch Topher Grace yeah. uh, no, I, no um Tom McGuire. He's like, but I didn't want to be like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> if I was that guy that did it. And yeah. it's like, you know, it's, and they were like, no, no, no. No one would say anything. And he's like, and I'll even looked over at the lighting director and he like gave me a silent nod. <laughs> and another thing is, I would have liked just a little bit more out of Kelso because he was that 70s show. Yes. You know, you can't, you know, we talk about Eric Foreman, but like Kelso is the close second. He yes. is you know such a maniacal character almost this is so funny like you don't know what's going to happen uh and you know his son plays that way you know jay does have those mannerisms like you brought it up during the second episode where he's just trying to swoon this girl and it kind of goes awry yeah <laughs> he can't he can't keep himself still uh, and i love kitty kitty mm-hmm. is the you know the perfect thing to bring back you know if something had happened to kurt wood smith i could see that this would have been a challenge, but they still could have done it. Yeah. Uh, Bob coming back was the biggest surprise for me mm. because, you know, he's a good actor he, and he's, he's a steady working actor from what I found out. Um, but him still having that awkwardness, that, that old Wisconsin nesque vibe because red doesn't have it. Red doesn't have an accent. He's just an aggressive man. Kitty is the Midwestern nice woman because we get a lot of that in this episode or in that one episode when they steal the car and or when they go to the rave and they're trying to break the kid down and she just sits with them and yeah. gives them uh, there's the honey as opposed to the vinegar you know yeah. and that lying bitch <laughs> that's what she said you know that, that lying bitch and she's she's like now that's the kitty we want to see because yes. we only see get snippets of that every once in a while in a season and of course the, the great one and she's like a car show I don't want to go to a fucking, fucking car, car show <laughs> and it's just like beep <laughs> dumbass yeah dumbass <laughs> No, and uh, so what you were saying earlier about you would have liked to have seen a little bit more of uh, Michael Kelso. I absolutely agree. And also feel like they missed out on a really interesting moment, which I hope they kind of play into in season two. Um, because I feel like this is good enough to get a second season. I feel like it may the second season may be even better because they've had more time to now work that's, with Now, it. that's a different question. Would they do a second season? See I'd that? like them to. Oh, yeah. I would, I would love them to, but like it's Netflix. So, yeah. Taking that out of it, if it was strictly from, you know, audience mm-hmm. reaction, I feel like they would make a second season. I want a scene I want an, or an episode even because I feel like they could work this into some weird awkward episode of Michael and Eric having to deal with the fact that their kids are now dating mm-hmm. 
I feel like just that is a starting point and go could be an entire episode yeah. like having to sit there and deal with watching Leia and Jay being all cutesy with each other and like because she has so many of Eric's mannerisms mm-hmm. and Jay has so many of Michael's mannerisms seeing like their bro relationship be like physical i feel like that could be like kind of weird and awkward and they would have to like deal with that oddly as dad i think it would just be another parody of when donna and eric are together where bob is trying to be like brothers with fucking red yes it's like well red we're gonna be you know related now red's like shut the fuck up (laughs) you know just like it's gonna be that conversation exactly it's like i just feel like that would be really funny though especially because uh ashton did not miss a beat with kelso's from Mm. the moment he walked in just yelling burn to you know joking about red's vein in the forehead Mm. just like landing the lake the right way it feels like you're doing what the lake the mannerisms the way he delivered the lines not a beat was missed and that i feel like we almost kind of had one of the star wars moments on that between all of that we did not get a reunion between eric and michael and it was like that that sucks they were there the whole time and literally literally the day after donna and eric leave is when michael shows up Mm. That supposedly lives in town anyway. And so it's just like, ah, that, that's, again, but that just falls back to what I was talking about earlier in the episode. It's just like, how is it that, like, all of these people, like, seriously, as soon as that 70s show ended, did everyone just immediately quit talking to each other? You know? Because it, it just does feel weird that Eric and both Michael had kids. Mm. And not once did they, like, hang out as, like, dads and then, like, having Leia meeting Jay. That's that's the only bit of the show that kind of took me out of it. So, I was just like, it really feels like that would have happened. I think you're just limited on, you know, history content. And that's the problem with doing a whole show that's two decades apart. Yeah. is like you, you got to feel a decade's worth of material. Okay. of backstory within flashback sentences and even then you're still trying to keep it relative and funny with 90s retrospective propaganda here we go fix it like like we do with the star wars stuff fix it with one line of dialogue when she meets jay for the first time in the basement he's like i'm jay she goes jay jay wait aren't you f- my dad's like friends kid we i may like you know i feel like we hung out as kids mm. boom like one little thing like and then she could have been like but you you've grown yeah. you know then boom it's right back into it yeah. so they could have done that with one like jet you're jay I don't, oh my god I, I hadn't seen you since like yada 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 i don't think they're gonna get a second season not because it wasn't good but because of the way netflix is going i could see this being a fox property issue where fox would say yeah we'll pay for it which is you know basically disney but i could see that going to hulu next if they were going to do it but i don't see it being renewed for a second sadly i don't see it being renewed for a second season Uh, i think there's going to be a lot of kickback on some certain things they did like what the gay thing really us it's not a big fucking issue but older people who watch that 70s show are going to see that and just get up their own ass about it um 
they did it very well. I will say that. Watching oh yeah, it. Uh, but I, I thought that was the, really the, good. The, though. The, the whole Kitty thing was perfect. That's what Kitty would have done. That's how we always known the mom to be. Yeah, because Ozzy's sitting on the couch with her, and he goes, "I'm gay, and I even have a boyfriend that what, what lives if, in Canada." What, what, and she goes, "Oh, honey." I, I had mean, a, friend a friend that date is a guy in Canada who drove and, away with her car, yada, yada, yada. And her father's ashes in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're not... Wait. No, just stay away from Canadians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, no. Oh, honey, I don't care that you're... Oh, come here. And just gave him this big hug. And like, I'm not a gay basher. I'm a bigot against Canadians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Canadians are fucking weird. Yeah. Just go date another guy. <laughs> but I would have loved it with Red. Yeah. Because Red's one advice would probably be like, Women will ruin your life. That would be his statement. They will ruin your fucking life. And Red strikes me as one of those as like when he found out about be like someone being gay for like the first time. You know he probably had like that moment of like, what? And then like two minutes later being like I wasn't that gay. That would have been a lot well, not like that, but like, I, you know, like, like, damn, they can make that work yeah. <laughs> because that does happen. He ends up having gay neighbors. Yeah, and it's uh, the two guys from the Brady Bunch. Yes, uh, and he's just like, you mean y'all just hang out all day mm-hmm. and drink beer and watch the game? Shoot, <laughs> and that's life. Yeah, he's uh, like, cheers to you. <laughs> but you know, I think I think it's going to get a pushback. A little bit, and like on just the smallest level of a, of a part of an audience that probably wouldn't have watched the show anyway. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to get renewed. I hope it does. I really do. If Netflix does it, it's going to fucking astonish me. Uh, if they take too long to announce these things, and they take even longer to tell you they're going to cancel these things. Yeah. So they, with the Witcher series, they got one season coming out with Henry Cavill, which will be the last one that they filmed. After that. I don't think it's going to work out. Same with all these other shows. Wednesday show, they announced season two. I think that'll be the last season of that. Inside job, fucking home run. Y'all fucked that up. So, sadly, that's that's like on a real level, that's how I feel about it. Uh, yeah. It didn't astonish me enough to be like, yeah, let's do another season. But I hope, I hope so, because I want to yeah. feel out for these characters. You want to see yeah. what happens. But. Now, my Realis- predi- realistically, I don't see it happening. My prediction on that is um, I actually do think they'll get a second season because um, just kind of listening to different interviews with like Deborah Joe Rope and um, his name just escaped me. Red. Uh, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith. Listening to interviews with them, Robocop. <laughs> uh, they got executive producer credits mm-hmm. and someone asked them, you know, so like, how was it like, you know, kind of being producer and both of them kind of chuckled and they're like, well, everything kind of came together so fast that um, you know, we'll, well, we'll see if that means anything come season two. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like they just kind of got added on that probably for just extra money, so they didn't have as much of a hand and say. But they were saying it in a way of like we would have time if we do a season two. Yeah. So I know it's at least been discussed internally, and seeing everything else that gets renewed, I, I would like. To, to see it happen. Do I think it was a home run show? No. But at the same time, I dare anyone to go back and watch season one of that 70s show and go, this is a perfect season. Mm-hmm. They really didn't find their footing until like the third or fourth season. Then it was like everything was firing on all cylinders. And those are the episodes that everyone remembers is from that second, third, and fourth season. So... I feel like this was, with all its weaknesses, strong enough to at least keep me interested for a season two. Now, if season two rolls around 
and it feels just like more of the same, I might not be as invested for season three because there's only so much they can do with it. But I feel like this was a perfect kind of tribute to what 70s show was um, without it copying too many tropes aside from, you know, oh, no, we got a keg of beer. We need a tap. But it plays out completely differently. You know, not that unreasonable to believe that teenagers 15, 20 years apart happen upon another keg. And you, you, you had mentioned continuity errors. I only had one, which was the flat beer keg. That old yes. boy just lifts it up like it wasn't shit. And this ain't a pony keg, folks. This is a full-on keg of beer. It's flatter than hell. But it's still a keg of beer. And, and a homeboy's just picking it up, waltzing around with it like we it's nothing. We hear that motherfucker slam on the stairs. Yeah. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> kicks the door open. And he just picks that shit up and is holding it casually. Now, he is strong as shit. Yeah. I'll give him that. He is strong as shit. It's the whole workout episode to Pantera. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's 90s as fuck right there, boy. And the 90210 jokes. Oh, yeah. And they brought back the guy from 90210, which kind of made it kind of weird. Yeah. Um, we see Kitty with Fez again, which which she just loses it. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, she's a tramp. <laughs> Kitty's a tramp. She's got a fucking whore tattoo on her wrist. Yeah, she now has a cat tattoo. Mm-hmm. And she's now Kitty officially. Yeah, Kitty. Uh, and she's fucking dangerous. She's, yes. she, uh She's a dangerous uh, person because she almost kills Jay. And... Uh, I think probably the aspect of the show I enjoyed the most was Red. Because Red absolutely feels like what that character would be 15, 20 years on. Because he is now retired, so he doesn't have to work with the general public anymore. The kids are gone, so he doesn't have to deal with the dumbasses all day. All of a sudden, a lot of his stress is gone. So he's going to be a little bit of a different guy. He's going to be a little bit more calm, a little bit more reserved. And he was to a point, and Kitty even calls him on that. And she's like, you know, I haven't seen the fire in your eyes since the late 70s when the kids left. You know, that's it's nice seeing you alive. What are you going to do, just sit here and wither away? You know, I, I like having the house full again, and it's nice seeing you being active again. Though we do find out that his one weakness is the new massage chair. <laughs> At the sharper image. And I love the transition of, like, he's sitting on that chair dealing with, which winds up kind of being... um kitty's new foil like uh bob was red of foil this new neighbor is kind of like kitty's having to deal with person Mm -hmm. but no he's just sitting there chilling the whole time she's like all right cherry need to talk to the real red unplugs it and as soon as she unplugs it damn it kitty (laughs) it's just right back in it i didn't like the whole it's raining inside so now red has nothing to do Aspect, I didn't like that. It was kind of it seemed like a little poor writing, where he's fixing everything around the house. That seems like the that one thing all producers do with television shows with dads. It's just like, oh, he has nothing to do except for fix the house. It's like I thought that was because he uh, messed his hip up. He didn't miss his hip up, but he couldn't go out and yeah. do stuff. And I hate when they do that. It's a trope that's so fucking stupid. If you hate your husband, just say you fucking hate him. I'm serious. Like, like I'm serious. They need to fucking stop doing this with certain people on television shows where they're either just a sit around drunk and work and just come home. Make them a dad. 
you know, make Red like he was. You know, Red did shit. Even when he was hurt, he did shit. Which he did. He went to the neighbor's house and fixed shit Yeah, up. but I'm talking about not, not that. Not some stupid trope you do for a TV dad. Right. Which is played too much. This is something I really have a big problem with, with television shows. And we'll do it on another episode. But, like, that is... Like, Ooh, that would be a good main stupid, topic. But Bad stu- tropes. But, yeah, stupid tropes dads do. And, like... You know, he only parents when it counts, you know, kind of stupid shit. You know, you're relying too much on the other parent. It, it's ridiculous. Uh, what did you think of the soundtrack of the series? Like, we didn't get much, but it was just enough. It was just enough. Honestly, it was a lot better than I was expecting. A lot of songs I kind of recognized. Uh, one of the first songs you really hear in this is uh, a song by the Muffs, uh, Sad Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And that really surprised me because I kind of like the Muffs. Uh, I don't like a lot of 90s music. I don't like a lot of grunge, but they were pretty good. Um, well, they, bit- did, they did the uh, uh, trailing song at the end, too. Yes, they did. Um, so I, I kind of like that. Um, and then you got Pantera, which I'm not a big fan of Pantera, but it fit for the moment. But when it catches, you're just like, holy shit. Yeah, so it's like even as not a Pantera fan, it felt very much of the moment. One of the things that uh, we haven't discussed that also plays into the music, uh, probably the biggest example of the music we got were the uh, bumpers mm-hmm. to, or the transition scenes. So before it was, you know, really groovy with the, you know, keyboards mm-hmm. and, you know, heavy guitar. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, you've got them like doing like dances with flowers going behind them. This time. I didn't like the graphics they mm-hmm. were using. The graphics department, it felt kind of cheap. Uh, I think the cutaway moments in 70s show looked a lot better produced. This looked a lot cheaper, but the music fit perfect because there was a lot more genre that was used in these transition scenes. One may have been a heavier rock grunge kind of, you know, maybe arena rock thing. But then the next one, it was almost like... It was like a hip-hop. Exactly. Then the next one was a little bit more groovier, you know, maybe a little bit more, you know, street hip-hop instead of, like, radio hip-hop. It's like... And then uh, you even had moments of, like, acoustic, you know, jams kind of sectioned in between. Mm -hmm. So they kind of hit a lot more of that broader spectrum of the music choices. So that part kind of kept me in. I think I may just kind of fall back to my biggest gripe with the whole thing was it just didn't feel 90 cartoon enough like set like 70s show felt like a 70s cartoon in real life this to me didn't feel very 90s cartoon in real life and i understand maybe some of the reasonings for it as you mentioned like point place being a small kind of lower class town not going to have as many of the things which is fine um that didn't take away too much from the show. I was just maybe kind of hoping for a little bit more of that fantasized mm-hmm. um, bit. Maybe as a wrap up on here, um, since we know this was set in July '95, with that time frame in mind, what would and let's just say they get renewed, like a big hypothetical, they get renewed to the point they can play out the '90s. Um, in that 70s show, we had specific moments in the 70s that these characters celebrated, whether it be like Star Wars and theaters, seeing a specific band on a specific tour. Um, what would you like them to tackle for mid to late 90s pop culture for them to all be excited about? Excited? Or just like an episode plot point? Uh, well, I got to double check the date. How I would end it 
would be the 1999 trailer for the new Star Wars. Oh. And Eric just losing his shit. And that's how I would end it. <laughs> it's just like, hey, Dad, check this out. And they're just at a movie theater, and they're just watching some random movie, and then... And it's just like that. Yeah. So, like, I can see that kind of happening. Um, there's not much in the 90s newsworthy other than... Uh, you know, um, like the president, uh, the OJ trial, shit like that. So, like, uh, like newsworthy enough, you know. Well, I mean, from a pop culture standpoint. I know, I know, but that's part of the pop culture is what was happening. So, like, maybe, like, I think Kurt Cobain died in 1994. So, I think that would have been a big plot point. So, but I don't, I'm not sure that one. There comes, and, Mid '90s is so hard because you're coming off the tail end of the AIDS crisis, and you're still waiting for 9/11. Like, <laughs> so, so like, there's a lot of stuff. Beautiful that, phrasing, beautiful phrasing. So there, like, Chris. But like, there's a lot We're of waiting for but this. Like, from 1995 to 1999, you don't got a lot of a lot of big shit. It was a murmur for the United States. We're in a surplus. There isn't a fucking recession. All right. Worldwise, yeah, it's different. Yeah. And the world is different. You know, Kosovo got invaded. So, like, there's a lot of stuff that was going on in the world. But uh, pop culture-wise, you know, the changing of, of rap was happening in the late 90s. You had uh, people like Ice Cube, Ice-T, Snoop Dogg all changing. Uh, you had the violence that came with that. You had country music, which was changing from the old guard into people like Shania Twain, Garth Brooks, Reba McIntyre. You you know, you have all that. Music itself changed. The dying of rock and roll kind of happened in the late 90s. Around that time, we get the break-off genres that are categorically terrible. You know, grunge was still big, but that's all early 90s, you know. Metal had kind of died out by then. Your hair metal had kind of ruined that part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, you, it's it is a it is a lull. Uh, the worst thing they could cover was probably Columbine that happened in 1999. All right, I, let, here let me help you out some because I I thought of a few. Um, if you say the 19, if you say the 64, I'm going to lose it. No. <laughs> um, well, one, this any game console. It could be a Sega system. One of the kids is just dying to get the fucking system, and then like you know, shit goes down at the mall between everyone because you know they, it's like See, I don't I don't want to go by myself. Someone come with me. But that's another thing I I didn't want I didn't say was I think they're too old. I think they would be too old to give a shit. Really? Because 15? they're fifteen. They're all up in their own asses about sex and drugs. Like that's all they want to do. They just want to hang out, get high, and fuck. They don't even want to go to school. They don't want to go to school. <laughs> Who, what kid wants to go to school? But the Asian one. <laughs> a matter of fact. But like they, they're, they're they're having the same problem as Eric and Don and all them had was thinking about what's outside of Point Pleasant, and I don't think they would really care. Point Place. Whatever. <laughs> The Mothman's there. You know the Mothman's there. I know. You're just so stuck on that. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I just don't think they would really give a shit because I, I just don't think they do. They don't seem like they have initiative enough to be into that. Even the uh, the goofy one that I feel like is uh, Kelso's uh, bastard son? Probably if you wrote him to be like some type of savant when it comes to them you know like you could do a whole episode that holy shit this guy's really good at this fucking one game yeah i mean you he doesn't straight you don't you look at him and you don't think he's the kind of guy that would waste like 20 bucks on a mortal Kombat arcade game 
No. You know, uh, some of those kids to me do. Another plot point I feel like they could do is kiss to the reunion in 1996. Mm-hmm. And that could be a reason for all the gang to get back. Oh, my God, guys. Kiss is getting back together because it's already canon that Eric was a big fan of Kiss. I could see that being a plot point of him trying to get everyone back together to go see the Kiss show that's happening at Point Pleasant. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, that would be fun. That would be fun to get Kiss involved. Mm-hmm. You know, actual get them involved. Yeah, yeah. And, and they could probably because the timeless, you know, nature of the makeup, you know, but, so. But watching it, I'm not seeing anything that stands out in my mind that they would be into because they're in a, they're very in a unique spot from 15 to 18 going on to 19 and 20 that they're going to be focused on themselves a lot. Uh, just like the original crew were, you know, they, they pop culture wise, other than going to the movie theater and a few and a bunch of shows, we didn't really get a, a lot of stuff that specifically interested them and stayed continuous. And that was the problem I had with it was, all right, so you're telling me Red and Kelso hung out and played Pong and just did that for like a week? No. Those <laughs> motherfuckers are monsters. <laughs> they, they get hyper-focused because him and Kelso are exactly the same. They get hyper-focused on stuff. So I don't know, man. I hope they do. I hope they hit some kind of pop culture, you know, zeitgeist. Yeah. Eventually, but and actually, you know what? Leia strikes me as one that would probably be into video games. Boom! Here's a plot point: she wants to wait and get the new video game, but everyone's kind of poking at her for being a girl that wants to play video games because that was mm-hmm. still seen as such a male dominant thing in the mid '90s. So I could maybe even see that as the plot point. She's the nerdy kid to Eric. Eric would have definitely wanted a new game system. So if she shares so much of her is kind of weird nerdiness, maybe she wants the new Sega system and is going to have to camp out and wait for it. And she's trying to get Jay to maybe stay. And he's just like, no, I don't play video games. That shit's dumb. You know, so that that even could be a plot point. I was just kind of thinking of stuff that was a lot more kind of 90s centric that they could just kind of put the kids through. Much like waiting in line for concert tickets, you know, that we got in that 70s show. What replaces the concert raves you know they're more interested in going to raves yeah have to really do much with that they already did it though what 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 did other kids do there was a bunch of lines waiting for those sega consoles and those nintendo consoles playstation you know if we want to hit that off near the late 90s you know we could even do that that was a global phenomenon so i i I feel like there could be some ways to kind of wrap shit in i mean hell when 70s show started fez wasn't some sex hungry crazy lunatic hound but as his character Character progress that's kind of what he turned into i think there's a lot of room for these kids and that's only if you know it continues that's, if it continues and that's, yeah. and that's a big if so like when i watch that kind of thing i'm just like i'm not setting my expectation too high right you know I, we talk about it all the time but like when we talk about some shows they've been around for a while so our expectation is set yeah but this one and the way streaming's going right now it is kind of up in the air it really is and i would be I'm not put money on it, but I would be surprised if it does get renewed. Right. Because Kurtwood Smith is kind of old. Deborah Joe Rupp is getting up there. Even your main cast from this original show, you know, like yeah, because Fez wasn't looking that hot. Yeah, I think he toned it down because he actually is in another show, and he looks exactly the same in the other show. So he's like clean shaven, built a little better. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like he he's probably did it like that as a favor. Mm-hmm. Um. 
and he's probably doing it on off time too so like yeah. you got to think about some of these guys are still doing shows um um donna uh lauren uh Prepon. Prepon, you know she made her money on netflix oh yeah with orange is the new black uh topher grace did fantastic in a lot of movies after that 70s show but even in some other properties he did a lot of voice work you know yeah. kurtwood smith is always fucking working so kitty just got some mcu money yeah kitty kitty's doing that she's she'll be back for um the other other disney property for marvel i forget what it's called but uh, she'll be back for that playing her same self so you know they're all doing well like i want these actors to work because they're good at what they do right um ashton kutcher is more on the public front yeah because even most recently he had this netflix thing with the ranch Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so like it was cool having those some of those actors actually showed up in that show yep from that 70s show and it was pretty neat to see Um, laura showed up actually i think kurtwood and uh danny masterson was in it for a while yeah Um, he was one of the main co-stars yeah so and Mila Kunis is all they has Family Guy. So, <laughs> yeah. Forever. God. Forever. Um, I bet you all she has to fucking do is just sit down in her living room with one of these microphones, record all the fucking lines, and just send it to Seth and just be like, here you go. Just send me the checks. Well, it's funny. What she, she, she talks about going out in public, and the worst thing she had, everything, every time she hears something, it's always shut up, Meg. Or damn it, Jackie. Damn it, <laughs> damn it Jackie. I can't predict the weather. <laughs> it's like, it must suck to be her because her two biggest roles have two male characters <laughs> that shit on her yeah. and have a catchphrase for shitting on her. Shut up, Meg, and damn it, Jackie. The only thing I would hope for if they were to continue on was to see Red interact with each of them individually like he did with the original kids. Now, he actually did some... Because uh, for the first couple episodes, you were kind of bouncing in and out. You kind of were sitting watching maybe like the fourth on. And uh, the fir- the second episode actually did wrap around him spending some quality time with um, the kid that Leia kind of falls for near the end that I feel like could be Kelso's bastard son. Mm-hmm. Um, when everyone had their smoke break or their first circle in the basement, uh, they send Leia upstairs to go get Raisin Bran. She, they, she takes forever to come back down, so they wander back upstairs, and they go all the way upstairs into Kitty and Red's room. They open up the closet and see all of Red's flannel. And now, just Red is a utilitarian, utilitarian guy. He just wears whatever the fuck he wants to. So he just has a lot of flannel. Well, flannel's hot in the 90s, so all the kids are like, oh my god, he's got the mother load of the flannel! And one of them holds it up, the kid that a lady connects with. He's just like, I like this. And his girlfriend's like, yeah, that looks really good on you, babe. I, I think I'd like that. And he's just like, oh, I can't steal it. And he's like, puts it back. Later on, he asks Red, he goes, hey, Red, could, could I have one of your flannels? He goes, why do you want one of my flannels? Says, well, my, my girl, you know, this, that, and the other. He goes, yeah, I did that for my girl once, you know. Uh, she, she said something looked good on me. And, you know, yeah, I wore it, you know. And it, it, what happened? Don't worry about it. Get out of my house. Like that. But then at the end of the episode, he was like, Hey, Mr. Foreman, um, I found this like in our, like in my car. I think I have a secret admirer and I think it's you. He's like, it's a shirt. Don't make it weird. He's like, can I call you uncle red? He's like, please don't. He's like, thank you, uncle red. And it's like, you just see him kind of like look up and like smile at him and just like go back to wiping the counter, whatever the fuck he was doing. And so he had that, a but couple I'm not, times I'm not, with a few I'm, I'm about like something like that. I'm more like a one to one 
episode. Like one of those episodes was uh, Red with Jackie. Jackie's dad had left, and he ends up having a a talk with Jackie. He ends up having a talk with Hyde, Donna and Eric together. You know, he ends up having these conversations that are yeah. very meaningful, and that's what I would hope for in the coming seasons if they yeah. are to be. So, I hope so too, man. Because that's that's kind of the point of a sitcom is the the very special episodes. Yes, you know what I'm saying like <laughs> the, the, maybe don't do heroin, kids. <laughs> just don't. Maybe don't get yacked out on the crack. You know, I'm just saying it's Point Place. You know, it's it's a shitty town. It's got crack. <laughs> Hello, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, get, the beat gets a lot faster, and it's just a POV. It's hanging like, out down the street. But it's same just, old thing. But it's, we did last week. But it's someone just running through the house, ransacking it, and starts yeah. stealing shit, <laughs> ripping the TV up, and fucking running out with it. But no, um, overall, out of five, I'd give it a solid three and a half. I feel like it, it was a little better than middle of the road. Um, even though I felt like the plot with the kids was very weak in the first episode, episode one felt like a great reunion episode. Uh, it was great seeing Eric and Donna having a relationship. You kind of expected like her just walking in with all of the luggage. And she's just like, don't worry, honey, I've got it. And he just like looks at her. And he goes, thanks. Like, you know, doesn't expect anything less. Like he's still oblivious to like help the woman out because that's how red was. He was just like, yeah, woman's got it. He still kind of carried that shit on. Uh, it was good seeing, uh, as you mentioned, Michael and Jackie on their you know third time in marriage, and how Kitty still throws shade Jackie's way. She never cared for Jackie or Donna, <laughs> ever. <laughs> she liked she liked the boys. She never cared for Jackie or Donna. So seeing everyone back in those roles was really nice. And as the episodes went on, it was good. So yeah, I saw three and a half out of five. I give it a five out of seven. So. <laughs> You just want to fuck the whole math system up. <laughs> no, just five, five out of seven. Let's just keep it that way. But yeah, so... It's a 50s out of the 70s, you know what I'm saying? It's a 50 out of the 70s. <laughs> That's a good... That's a good one. But no, uh, folks in the Discord, let us know what you thought of 70s show. Let us know what you thought of this episode. And if you got any sort of recommendations for us, definitely hit us up in that Discord. Link is in the episode description. Folks have been a lot more chatty with us. It's actually been really fun. Um, yeah, so for this episode of the Couch Potatoes, I've been Alex and Chris. Do you have any sort of final thoughts for us? I do because we didn't discuss it during the beginning. Uh, Pink Floyd, congratulations on their 50th anniversary of yes. Dark Side of the Moon. Yes, absolutely. And apparently, all those old motherfuckers who had that album forgot that light hitting a prism is a rainbow. So their new cover was the number 50 embossed on a triangle, and the 50 has a rainbow. Inside the zero, yes. And uh, apparently it is pro-homosexual and woke and disgusting. These woke motherfuckers. 